Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and we are in March, and it is my favorite month of the year. Ooh, okay. And I am the Champ, and I'm just sitting here reading a text, or excuse me, a tweet from Neil deGrasse Tyson, the uh, astrophysicist. Yeah. And his tweet says, to abolish masks while laws in some states, um, while the rest of the nation keeps their mask, is like designating a peeing section of the swimming pool. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Right? Yeah. That's He's a, good. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Everyone could appreciate that. And no one would agree with that. No one would say, yeah, we should have a pee section in the pool. Well, right? it's possible. Does peeing hurt you if it's in the pool? <laughs> well, I guess we do Just have a, a peeing throat. section. It's called the kiddie pool. That's it is called the kiddie pool. <laughs> And, and, and who hasn't done that, you know? What? Anyway. Come on. All right. I don't want to go down that right. road. What, yeah. what, about, what about March being your favorite month? It's my favorite month. And, all right. So Why? It's, it's the month that goes into spring, right? March 21st is spring. You have St. Patrick's yes. Day on the 17th, okay. right? Yep. We, are, we usually have our Bush League draft at the end of the month in March. Okay. Yep. And then we have March Madness. The, the NCAA basketball tournament, which is the greatest spectacle in sports. All right. I, 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 can, I can get behind that. Yeah. Now, now the weather-wise, it's a little psychotic. I mean, we could have days where it's 75, 80. You're getting outside. You're playing outside. And next day, it could sleep, right? We, it's, just, it's kind of a uh, bipolar type of month. Yeah. Can't ah, decide whether yeah. it is. So, Unintended. Yes. Um. But, yeah, I love March. I, I think it's a great month. I, I think from a weather standpoint, we're going to see it this week. With the, what, 25 degrees yesterday yeah. and really cold. And by the middle of next week, it's going to be in the 60s. Yeah, I know. It's nice, right? Yeah. So yeah. as long as there's no snow at the end of the month, we're good. Yeah. Well, we want it to come in like a, a lamb right? Well, or go out like a lamb. We want it to go out like an anaconda. Anaconda. <laughs> Is that, what, is that what it was? It, Very a, good. A sea lion and yeah, an anaconda? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It, um, it was. So to celebrate March, each podcast for the next three weeks, to include this one, we will have a March Madness type uh, tournament that, that you're going to choose, uh, you, you're going to play a part of. And this week's is the Best TV Detective Tournament. All right? That's a lot of pressure. I know. You can handle it. 12-time champion, you can handle this. Best TV detective <laughs> tournament. All right, so let, let, I broke it down to, to uh, a round of eight. That's where we're starting with. We're not starting with 64 right. TV detectives, though we could. Quarterfinals. Right. Um, so the number one seed is Jim Rockford from the Rockford Files, and he's going to face off the number eight seed, Mike Mannix. Do you remember Mannix? I do. He kind of looked like uh, Mark Belanger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he probably smoked, too, because everyone smoked in the 70s. So. <laughs> uh, the number four seed, going against the number five seed, the number four seed is Olivia Benson. You know who she is? I do. Law and Order? Okay. Against the number dun, five. Dun. Yeah, you got it. Uh, against the number five seed, Theo Kojak. All right. Uh, the number two seed is Leroy Gibbs. Do you know who's? 
have no idea who Leroy Gibbs is. Mm. And I didn't bother to, to uh, Leroy, Google it either. NCI, but that's okay. NCIS, the Mark Harmon character. Um, gotcha. He's been on, I think they've been on for like 16 or 17 years. <laughs> so just whenever you get a chance, turn your TV on. Um, Maybe, right, right after uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> uh, so Leroy Gibbs going against the number seven seed, Frank Colombo. Remember Colombo? Okay. All right. I do. Uh, number three seed, Thomas Magnum from Magnum P.I. Mm-hmm. Against Got it. number six seed, Tony Beretta from, All right. from Beretta. All right. So before we get started, you're going to knock this down into the semis. All right. All right. So we got number one seed Jim Rockford against the number eight seed Mike Mannix. Who's the better TV detective in that case? I'm going to say because of the style points, it, it's got to be Jim Rockford. Yeah, right. That's why he's the number one seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah that's, that's, that's fairly easy, that one. Okay. So let's drop down to the four or five seed, Olivia Benson and Theo Kojak. That one's a little tough, right? Because you got yeah. two contrasting styles. You know, Olivia Benson was was you know had some really tough cases, and um, she was just always on point. You know, Theo Kojak was just you know trying to be too cool with the shaved head, that type of thing. I'm going to choose Olivia Benson. Okay, all right. Going Olivia Benson. Yeah, it it is a tough one because Kojak had the lollipop and the shades and the fedora and the bald head and Who Loves You Baby. Right. Who loves your baby? Right. Yeah. It is tough. All right. Number two seed Leroy Gibbs against number seven seed Frank Colombo. This this one was probably um, this was easier, just like the, the first one, because of the fact I didn't know who Leroy Gibbs is. I gotta take <laughs> Colombo. That's that's more in my wheelhouse. Big upset right there. Number seven seed upsets number two. All right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, then, and that, that that was a pretty easy upset too. It was. Yeah. yeah. I guess Leroy Gibbs was overseeded. I have to go back and <laughs> talk to the committee. <laughs> um, and then we got number three and number six. Thomas Magnum, number three seed against Tony Beretta, number six seed. So this is like the, the, the four or five game, right, where you have two contrasting styles. You know, Magnum was pretty cool out in Hawaii. Tony Beretta was, was kind of the, 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 the tough punk type of guy. But I'm going to say uh, I'm going to have to go with the three seed, uh, okay. Thomas Magnum. All right. We got Magnum, P.I. Uh, all right, so later in the show, we'll we'll hit the semis. We're going to have Rockford against Olivia Benson and then Colombo uh, against Thomas Magnum from Magnum, P.I. Yeah, all right, absolutely. Yeah, all, right. all right. So we'll hit it, and, and you're going to pick up the best TV detective before we end today. All right? Okay. All right. A lot of pressure. i got to start thinking about this, so – if I get distracted, just keep me on point. I will, yeah. Uh, all right, we got baseball news. June 2nd, Major League Baseball designated June 2nd as Lou Gehrig Day uh, to celebrate the Hall of Famer and raise funds to fight ALS. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, it's a good idea, right? And as much as baseball can bring awareness um, to these types of things, uh, I, I think it's a good thing. I don't know how they're going to um, celebrate the day. Um, ALS. ALS is just a really crippling disease. Do you know anybody that has had ALS? No, I have not. No. Okay. I, you know, fortunately, I, I don't either. But um, from what I understand, this is this is really bad, a really bad disease. So, you know, good good for the good for baseball. They they need to keep themselves in a positive light. So, um, I think it's a good thing. 
Yeah, I do too. And and I, um, I'm not sure if June 2nd is the day he passed away or the day he retired or he walked away from the game. Uh, I was. I think number two was his number. No, that wasn't his number. What was his number? No, he he, he Junior, was number four. He, yeah, four. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think it is good. Again, I don't I don't know how they're gonna actually raise funds specifically, or you know whether everyone will wear number four. I I, I don't know how that's gonna work. Um, but yeah, it is kind of cool, and and there have been some players who's. Um, have ALS has personally affected, and I'm sure they were a big part of that. Uh, I, actually, I think Kurt Schilling was is a big part of that. I think he's a big okay. him and his wife are big fundraisers for ALS. Yeah. So I guess that doesn't outweigh the craziness that comes out of his mouth occasionally. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, he's crazy, but he he's probably raised multi millions of dollars for ALS research. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess every everybody's human. Everybody has the good and bad points. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it, Jackie Bradley is probably the last person, a player that's really any that's marketable. Uh, he signs with the Brewers for a two-year, twenty-four million dollar deal. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on on Bradley coming to the Brewers? I, I guess I was really surprised because he was uh, rumored to be going to, I believe, the Astros since Springer had left to go to. Toronto, two years, twenty-four million dollars. Um, I don't know. It sounds sounds a little bit pricey. Good for Jackie Bradley Jr. for getting that contract, but that's that's a kind of crowded outfield, isn't it? And you, you have Lorenzo Cain, um, who opted out last year because of COVID. You already have him in center field, so, so I'm, I'm I'm a bit surprised by that signing. Um, what do you think about yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, my guess is that Garcia's the odd man out in that in that case. Um, it gives him four outfielders, of which one, Yelich can – he's the best offensive player. Kane is starting his downside offensively, you would argue. He's getting a little older. Um, so it does give him four outfielders. It is a little pricey to have someone play four days a week, $12 million a year. Um and, you know, when you hear about Jackie Bradley, the first thing you think of is defense, right? But when you look, yeah. you look at his, his uh, stats, he's only won one, one gold glove. Um, I, I think you're right in your analysis. You know, Yelich is going to play left field, and he's going to get – he's not coming out of the lineup. So you basically have three outfielders for two spots, and I, and I guess they're just going to continue to – to rotate, you know, between Kane, Bradley, and Abisal Garcia, but they signed Garcia last year, and, and um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm looking at his stats here from it's, from last year, and they weren't all that spectacular. Um, yeah. He's a he's a big guy, and apparently lost a, a, a lot of weight the, this year because I, you know, he's listed at six four two fifty, so that's that's pretty big, pretty big to be lumbering around the outfield. But I guess I guess we'll see how the how the Brewers uh, move yeah, on this. And, and maybe they're a little concerned, you know, this COVID thing's not going away. So maybe they're concerned with Kane. I mean, he opted out five days after the season started. So, uh, or five days before. It, it was pretty close to the start of the season. So maybe they're a little concerned about him doing that again. Yeah, that could you know, be. And Yelich does get hurt throughout the year. 
I mean, his MVP year, he didn't get hurt, but he does have back issues um, that occasionally he sits out two or three days. Doesn't go on the DL, but he occasionally sits out of lineups because of his back. And and Bradley, you don't lose anything defensively with him. Um, I think he had his best offensive year last year. He hit 283, um, 814 OPS. Uh, yeah, but it was 55 games. So I guess what this does is the Brewers probably officially saying goodbye to Ryan Braun, right? Yeah, is he a free agent? Yeah, I think so. I think oh. he's still out there. That's surprising. Yeah. I, I, obviously, he's not the hitter he was when he was on steroids or prior, but um, he's he's still a decent hitter. I, I don't know what his stats are off the top of my head, but like I, I think he probably could make a major league ball club still. Maybe not. I, I think his chances would have been a lot better had the National League decided on a DH. Oh, sure. I, I would think you know he, he's still like you said he's he's still a productive he's still a productive player. Yeah, so he'll be 37 this year. His last full season, yeah. he had an 849 OPS. He hit 285. It's 75 RBIs, 22 home runs, 31 doubles. I mean, I mean, there's guys that are worse <laughs> that are playing, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. Still, still not bad stats. No, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I guess he's the last one out there. Then I, I don't know of anyone else that is that is out there waiting to get signed. Yeah. That's any good. So, Well, um, I doubt if it'll be by Milwaukee now. You yeah. rule them out. <laughs> no, no, it won't be by Milwaukee. And then lastly, in the baseball news, David Sampson, former Marlins exec, suggests Pujols lied about his age to the Angels. Did you read that article? Um, yeah, you had sent me that. And I, I, I try not to read anything by or listen to anything from David Sampson. I don't know. I'm, I, I could be tainted. I, I just – that entire franchise – um, by the owner group of Jeffrey Loria, uh, moving the the Expos to to, to Florida. I, I guess they had a switch in franchises, and I, I don't know what, what did they really do there. And you know, he's the kind of guy. He's always looking for attention, right? He actually appeared um, on um, Survivor. Did you know that? No, as a contestant. Yeah. Did he survive? No, I think they voted him off fairly early, which was probably, you know, a great thing. I, I don't know. I, did, I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but I don't know. He's just not a likable guy. What do you think about him? Um, I don't know anything about the guy, to be honest with you. Uh, but he, he, he suggests that in 2011, when the Marlins uh, talked to Pujols about coming to, you know, Miami to play, he says in the article he wasn't worried about 19, 20, 21 because of, yeah, he, he knew that, they weren't going to get any production out of him with a 10-year deal. But, you know, he says he's lied about his age. And if he says he's lied about the age of the Angels, then obviously the Cardinals would have to be lied to as well. So, um, and, and Pulis is a college kid. So, I mean, if he did, what are we talking about? He's 42 instead of 41? Is that what we're talking about? So I, I, I have no idea. I don't think the Cardinals care. Because I, I, I don't care. You and I talked about those ten ten years he's with the Cardinals. Those ten years might be the you know the best ten years that um, have to be top five of any player yeah. ever in Major League. Who cares? Yeah, I know he's worried about that. Yeah, so um, I, I just thought it was funny he he said that and and the and the article and but whatever. Um, like you said, obviously you know more about Samson than I do, but 
I think it was stu- no, stupid. Just, just, just enough not to like him. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, here, here you go. He 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 was on Survivor, uh, Kagian, um, I guess it was location. He was the first contestant voted out, um, finishing in 18th place. <laughs> That's funny. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, good for you, David Sampson. You're you're somewhat of a celebrity. <laughs> um, and then and then we have Bush League news to get to. Uh, there's actually a lot of stuff that we, you know, news wise, because we're getting ready. We're about two weeks away from the retention, right? Okay. Two, two weeks from the retention and three from the draft. Right. Uh, so have you kicked around? I'm sure you've kicked around your retention. Um, where, where are you at with it? Yeah, so let me just tell all the owners and all the listeners here, I, I, I do reserve the right to change my mind. Um, but I, I, I have seven that I'm looking to retain. Um, the two obvious ones for me is uh, Christian Yelich and uh, Trevor Story. Okay. Um, they're not going to be bargain price at all. Um, they're both going to be three dollars, but I, I don't want to fight for these guys uh, once we get into um, the auction. So uh, I'm just paying full full price for them. Their track record seems to be really good. They're five tool players. Um, I don't think anybody will argue with that. They're they're just solid, very solid. But well, not solid players. They're great players, um, but they're not coming at any kind of discounts. Um, well, can I say something? Yeah, I, I think three dollars. It may be a little bit of a discount in the if you bought story in an open market. Okay, fair enough. I mean, well, and we'll get to we'll get quarter, to the reasons why yeah. that might be a bargain. Okay. And who else? Who, no. who else are you kicking around? All right. Um, I, I I think for a dollar, I'm going to keep Josh Hader, although. Just like uh, Trevor Story, I have had concerns that both Story and Josh Hader might be traded this year, mm. which if that's the case, then, you know, it's going to really impact me because I, I can't find those kind of players on the open market. Yeah, that that's a concern. I think Story is probably the bigger concern. Yeah, yeah. And, and what is his production going to look like without um, uh, Arenado batting in front of him? So we'll see. Okay. All right. Um, my fourth pick is, and this is going to be a little bit of a surprise, and I think, uh, I don't know if people are going to, for a dollar, I'm going to keep Ian Happ. Oh, ah, all right. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? He's probably going to get 500 at-bats. He's productive. Well, I, 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 well, I, I think the, the, the cuts have kind of cleared the way for him, haven't they, with, um, oh, God, uh, I'm trying to think of their former center fielder that just moved on to the Mets. I can't think of him right now. Yeah. Yes, Almora. Yep. Yes, and, and Schwarber's gone too. So I, I think this this opens up some some room for him. And if you remember, he was a big um, he was a big prospect. So yep. I, I, yep. I'm looking to to cash in there. And you know he might be able to steal. Um, I'm hoping he steals a, a few bags and probably hits 20 to 30 home runs and RBIs and runs somewhere. 75 to 80. So I don't know, just, just looking for play, players to retain it at that point. So I, I don't think that's anything spectacular there with, with uh, retention pick number four. So um, reten- okay. go ahead. real quick is, so he played in 115 games his rookie year. Hap I'm speaking about had 364 at bats, hit 24 homers. The next year he kind of had a sophomore slump. 
similar at bats. He hit 10 less homers, 20 less RBIs, uh, 20 points down on his batting average. Um, and then in 19, I don't know if he got hurt. He only he only had 156 at bats. I wonder if he went down to the minor leagues at some point. He um, he started that season because that that's where I had initially um, picked him up. Okay. Um, back in 2019, he uh, he's pretty much was pretty much in the minors for most of the year. They okay. didn't call him up until till late. And the reports are is that he was working on a lot that he's corrected since that time. I and mean, he's only 26 years old right now. Yeah. Yeah. And last year he hit 258 with an 866 OPS. Um, he only had one stolen base, but I mean, he, I don't, I, I maybe mean, I don't, I don't know why that was the case. But anyway, um, yeah, I, he's going to play every day. Yeah. And how much would you retain him for? Uh, for a dollar. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I and I think the fact that we've moved from average to OPS, um, he, he's a little bit better than average OPS, where he's just an average average <laughs> if that makes any sense no you're right about that yeah he's in the 800s yeah, yeah. ops and he's in the 250s batting average yep okay um play, player number five is the second player that came over in a trade with with you and um i'm going to retain jordan hicks mm. had this been 2020 i had no designs on retaining him since he was out all of last year between um, electing to, to be out with COVID and recovering from uh, surgery. Right. But I think for the price of 50 cents, I, I, I think if he doesn't start the season as the closer for the Cardinals, by midseason he will be there. Okay. Yeah. And Jordan Hicks is the guy that people keep waiting for the hit this guy to bust open. I, I guess he had one really solid year. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, then he got hurt. Uh, they had the COVID thing. Um were they trying to make him a starter at one point or no? Um, not that I recall. I okay. think in the minors he may have been, but this guy, have you seen him pitch? He throws gas. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. he has he, yep. he, 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 he has a lot of movement on his pitches, too. Yep. Um, it, it hasn't tra- translated to a lot of swing and miss yet. Um, he induces a lot of soft contact. Um, I think as he – I'm not sure how old – let me see how old he is. Um, but he, he he's going to get he's going to get better and better if he can just stay away from from the injuries. I mean, he's only twenty four years old. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And and uh, he does have a lot of movement. He has movement like Martinez, Carlos Martinez does. And he probably he probably he throws just as hard as he does. He, I mean, this guy throws gas. Um, yeah, I I I think Hicks is a is a is a nice flyer to take. I I would yeah. retain him as well. So that was in the. Um, that was in the uh, Kirby Yates, and who else did I get in that deal? Great question. I don't. I don't even remember at yeah. this point. You got some. You got some sort of superstar. Well, Yates was the guy I wanted. Yeah, and um, I think Yelich. Well, I like that because you were you were making a run. Well, in nineteen at at our trading deadline, which is thirty one July, a couple days after thirty one July, right? Thirty one July is the major league trading deadline, so our deadline's probably August third. Right. Yes. I I was in first place that night. I don't think I finished in first place. I think it, I, it, that's how volatile it was. I think I ended up in second or third at the end of that night. But I was in first place at that night because I wasn't going to do anything. I wasn't going to do it. I was just going to kind of stand pat. And then once I I got to first that night, I thought, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some trades. And I ended up finishing seventh. I dropped. Where, where, I'm sorry. Where'd you finish? Seventh. 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 Yep. 
Yikes. Yeah, Kirby Yates didn't do anything. And um, I've traded for Syndergaard for strikeouts, and the guy was horrible. I mean, just completely horrible the last two months. So. Yeah, so, so I'm just looking it up here on CBS Sports. Uh, you traded to me Jordan Hicks and Christian Yelich for Kirby Yates and Nolan Arenado. Yep, yeah. And you would think, like, and Yelich was hurt. Like, he wasn't playing all the time. And that's why I cut him loose. And he was a retention guy for you. Um, yeah, and Arenado really didn't produce like I would had hoped. I, I thought Arenado yeah. would at least equal. Well, he, he should have exceeded Yelich because Yelich wasn't even playing every day at that point. So, and Yates was a uh, lockdown closer that year. So, if you think about that, that that's that's a pretty big blockbuster trade. Yeah. Uh, that you and I pulled off back in, in, in 19. Yep, it was. Huh. Yeah. All right. All right. So my last two picks, um, and, and, and one is with a little bit of trepidation, but the last two are reserve picks that were coming over with no money. Uh, the first one's kind of easy. It's Dylan Carlson from the Cardinals. Okay. Um, I, I like his second half of last year. I, I think he's a budding superstar for the Cardinals. I don't know if it'll show this year, but certainly um, I'm hoping to get, you know, three – Whatever the, the, the maximum yep. retention is yep. out of him. Okay. And then my last retention pick, this is going to come as no surprise to anybody. I'm going to take a flyer on Alex Reyes. <laughs> Again? <laughs> I've, I've had, yeah, exactly. I think I've had him since 2015. <laughs> so you would definitely be married to Alex Reyes. <laughs> that could change. Um, honestly, had Dakota Hudson... Not not gotten hurt. Um, I would have probably kept D- Dakota Hudson instead of Reyes. But um, uh, again, I'm trying to win it for this year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's 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 what I'm looking at. Okay. What do uh, you think? Yeah, I like it. I mean, you're going to give up your first two reserve picks uh, in the draft, but I mean, you get Dylan Carlson and Alex Reyes. So um, a Dylan, Dylan Carlson w- would have been bought. He would have actually been in the auction. I don't I don't think he would have dropped yes. into the reserve. Uh, Alex Reyes might have been bought. And at the end, just kind of filling a roster spot. But, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think, it, it, yeah, you, you got two roster spots in the reserve round that you, you're going to get production out of this year. And, and, and you know what? Um, depending upon what Reyes does in the spring, and, you know, yeah. I guess you really shouldn't put a whole lot of weight on what happens in the spring. But I, I guess we're all human, and we all tend to do that, put more importance on spring stats. I could change by the 27th. Well, I think with him is just don't get hurt. <laughs> just get through the spring yeah. without – like, I don't want to see you in a sling. <laughs> yeah. If he, can stay, if he can stay on the roster the whole year, that would be spectacular. Sure. If. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you have a – you possibly could use all seven spots. Yeah. Okay. All right. What about you? Uh – so I have two groups of players. Um, so I'll, I'll go with the first one. I got Mike Mustakis that I could keep for 50 cents. Okay. I, I think he's an average player with average production. He's in the, he's probably a 70 runs, 70 RBIs, 22, 25 homers, right? 260 player. But when you, yep. when you talk about value 50 cents, I think that's, Probably pretty good numbers for fifty cents. It's all about the aggregate, right? And you you need yeah. Um, I, I would I would think that's a layup. Yeah, the other guy is Escobar, 
Eduardo Escobar. And this guy's this guy has had he's a really good hitter. Have you seen this guy play? Have you followed him? Um, I, I saw a little bit uh, of him in, in the 19 season, which he was really good. Um, he wasn't so good last year. No, and, he wasn't. Um, yeah, either was Yelich. So no, you're right. Yeah. So, so you're, you're kind of discounting that. You're, I mean, for 50 cents, why not? Yeah, that's what I look at it as. This guy's a pure hitter. He's probably he's probably starting his downside, but for 50 cents, I don't think I could get Eduardo Escobar if I wanted him for 50 cents. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I agree with that. Yeah, so they're the two guys I'm going to keep. Um, and then I have this other group for a quarter. Uh, we'll start with Hector Naris. So when you look at it, when you look at just numbers, like for a quarter, I could get 11 to 20 saves, right? I mean, it's probably more on the lower side, but he's had mm-hmm. years where he's, he's saved 26 and 28 games. So for a quarter, you think, all right, but that's if I could get to the high side of that number, that's that's easy money. But Naris is crazy volatile. It, it, you you don't watch him pitch, do you? I don't. Yeah, I don't. So he has innings where you could tell in the first batter, okay, this is this is going to be this is going to be three batters. We're done here, and then you could tell like, oh yeah, it's going to be a long inning. He might not make it through it because it's all about that splitter he throws. So he has a split finger. I call it a split finger, sinker ball. It's it's a fa- looks like a fastball that drops at the end. And when the thing's dropping and the the batter swing at it, he 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 rolls through an inning. But sometimes the batters don't swing at it and sometimes he starts at a little high. Like you should start that sinker ball like maybe at their knees, maybe a little bit above, so it looks like a strike and then it drops out of the strike zone. Sometimes he starts it at the chest and it drops to their belt. And you know, you know what happens with sinker balls that drop to a player's belt, right? Yeah, it, it yeah, ends up off yeah. the wall. So, um, I I don't know what I'm going to do with him. I I think he's probably reached his peak, and he's going to start his downfall. And I used like um, advanced metrics for the first time in my life. Okay, right? And it it looks like the advanced metrics say that he's on the down he's on the down on this one um even for a quarter he might be a really he might be a bad bad really bad okay. pick because uh, his his era can be really high at times and all right and his whip can be really high like one three type high uh last year it was one seven that that's high <laughs> that you know so but he does strike out double digits Per inning, like he he will have strikeouts, but he'll walk guys too. Um, so let me ask you something. Do, do you think where where do you think? Uh, obviously, it depends where he's brought up in yeah. the mm-hmm. auction. But do you think that somebody's going to pay at least a quarter for him? I think they will. But the problem is the Phillies brought in two guys this year, in Kins- right. Kinsler and Archie Bradley. So they. It's a good point. They brought those guys in last last two years. There was they have, uh, you know, Anthony, Sir Anthony Domingo, and he's the same type of pitcher. You can tell in the first batter, like, all right, he's going to rip through this inning, and otherwise, like, hey, get Naris up now, because this guy's not going to make it through. So Phillies brought in two guys to kind of put some competition in there. So I, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do with him. 
I'm, okay. I'm, yeah. Fair enough. But to the naked eye, you think that's easy. It's a quarter, man. Just just take him. Um, and th- that's the same one with Brandon Nimmo. I could have him for a quarter. And this guy has been – people have been talking about this guy for four years. And I don't know what he does. He doesn't do anything. He had his best year last year. He had an 888 OPS, hit 280. Um, he doesn't steal any bases, really. So, And I don't think he's very good defensively. So um, I don't know what this guy does, but he's a first-round pick, and they play him all the time. But now they brought in Almora, right? And, yeah, and, and Pilar. I, Isn't Kevin Pilar also on the team? And Pilar, yes. So yeah. he, they're going to take some at-bats from this guy. I think I'm going to take a pass on him. That's, that's good. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Hey, have you ever seen this uh, aside? Have you ever seen Brandon Nemo run down to first base? <laughs> no. Check, check it out sometimes if you ever see a Mets game. I mean, he, he, he's like Pete Rose running down the first base, man. He is hustling down that line um, on a, uh, like on a walk. He is just he's running full speed down the first base. Well, it's actually kind of kind of funny to watch. His last full his last full year in 2019, he hit 221. So I don't know how many times he did that. So, <laughs> well, maybe that's the reason why he's happy yeah. to get there. <laughs> They're yelling at him, "Hey, 90 feet, make a left." That's how you run those bases. You haven't <laughs> been on there in a while. Um, yeah. So the, anything I, else? Uh, no. I'm, I, I, Aaron Nando's too expensive. Um, yeah, there's, there's no one else that I'm I'm interested in, mostly because of money. Um, so so okay, so let, let me ask you something. Um, are are you afraid of or, or are you um, a, a value retention owner, meaning that you don't want to pay two, three, four dollars for a player or something like that? You don't want to retain him. You'll, you'll take your chance in the auction. No, I, the value the the price doesn't scare me. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. All I, right. So, I think so it would be... I, I do have a I do have a question as I look through your roster here. Yeah, uh, I'm going through there and you know I'm trying to see who who um, you, you may retain. I'm, I'm guessing Will Myers at three dollars is too much. Edwin Diaz is three you know three dollars is too much. So it's Syndergaard because you don't know when he's back at three dollars. What about Kyle Hendricks at two? I don't like Kyle Hendricks. I, no, no. The, the only guy I thought about at two and I thought it was a little high was Dijon. All right. I like wow. I like Dejong, but I, I don't I don't I'm not interested in him. Edward Diaz, I'm not interested in him at three dollars. Um, Eugenio Suarez at three fifty. Um, yeah, that's a little pricey. Yeah, it's a little pricey, and at you know Nolan uh, Ornato at four fifty. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, four fifty. I get that. Yeah. I get that. You mean. In the three dollar range, at least in my mind, three dollars, three fifty, you got to be a five tool player. You, you got to be able to, to to produce stats in all five categories of that kind of price range for offensive players. Yeah, and Suarez, obviously, he does not steal bases. Correct. Yeah, you, you know, I read about the Reds this week. I was just, you know, picking a team and read. You know, do you know he's a, he was a shortstop? Um, for the Tigers, was it? At one point. I mean, they had yeah. talked about him moving to short. Thinking moving to mm. short. Jeez. That ball better be hit right at him or he's not getting it. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, I the, the dollar value doesn't scare me. Okay. It's just it better be a lock. All right. Right? Like you said, I mean, if you better not have – you should just put him in the lineup and not think about it. So I, I would agree with that. Yeah. But if, if Arnado was four – 
I, he'd been on my radar. Okay. In Colorado. Right. I don't know about St. Louis. but Yeah, I, I think he's going to take a little bit of a hit in terms of offensive uh, yeah, stats yeah, in St. Will. Louis. But he's still a good hitter. Right? Yeah. Oh, he's still going to be very productive. Yeah. Um, but just not to the levels that, that he saw in Colorado. Yeah. Um, and then you put in a note in here. You think nine out of the top 12 National League players will be retained. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that for a second because, you know, uh, obviously retention's a, a good thing. And, and I think this speaks to just how well the league has done looking down the road for players that um, are going to bring back value um, in future years. Now, some of it might be luck, but, you know, uh, as I value as I value the top 12 National League players, I only see three that um, are possibly going to be um, open um, in the auction, and, and that's, uh, I'm guessing here, I'm, I'm guessing Freddie Freeman, uh, Jacob deGrom, and Mookie Betts, and that's because Betts wasn't on a roster right. in 2019. Um, so any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it's kind of cool that that uh, nine of the twelve are retained. Well, number one, it shows you it's a then the the nine players are young, so for 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 them to be retained, that means they're not paying. We we haven't bought those guys for four dollars at one point in a draft, and these owners have taken chances on. I mean, they, they've used the spot to take a chance on Tatis, right? To, to think, like, I yeah. think he's going to be one of the best yeah. players, and I'm, I'm going to use a roster spot to take him and just kind of sit and wait and see what happens. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of cool. I, I, I guess Freeman never got to that point. I, I guess when he came up, he was probably bought at a pretty decent price. And, yeah. Um, although now, for $3, would you – would you keep Freddie Freeman? How much would Freeman cost? You know, uh, he would cost he would cost the Lakers uh, four bucks. Okay, all right, never mind. Yeah. So uh, I think my sense is that he's going to throw him back in and then yeah. take his chances. Sure. Um, yeah. Somewhere in the mid threes. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things, if you remember, I want to say it was two or three years ago, we actually talked. There was discussion of increasing the, the number of players to be retained, and I think that's where we came. A, a, a max of seven and, and five on your um, active roster. Um, I think what we, we need to be very careful of is not retaining too many players because then you become a different type of league, right? It, it becomes a keeper league um, in, in, its, in, in its fullest sense. And that's where people can really get locked out for years to come. So, well, you know, we need to strike that right balance in, in my estimation. So, and, and, I regret voting on this, and I tell you the truth, I don't even remember when we changed the salary structure. When I initially put this in, it was a percentage. So when you had a, a you couldn't keep a player like Tatis for under a dollar for more than a year, and now yeah. now you can. Yeah, and, and you know that's why I think in order to prevent that, you know, prevent that type of league that you're talking about mm-hmm. we need to increase the the we need to go back to percentages so it it it, it makes you think like all right do i want to spend a dollar 50 on a guy that it's in his second year and i'm i'm not really sure yet 
But for 50 right. cents, you're going to like, yeah, I'm going to keep it for 50 cents, and I'll figure it out. Yeah, that got voted on. I, I know I voted against that, and, and, and Bob Priest did a nice table in, in terms of it, because I think he brought up um, the retention amounts. And yeah. I'm going to blame blame some of that on being alcohol-fueled and Tom not being there. Um, cause I, I think we were at um, Victory Brewing when, when, when that all came up, and um, – yeah, it, I mean, it is what it is. We'll, we'll see how this changes retention picks over the years. But you know, nine out of the top twelve, I think that's a, I, I think that's 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 a lot. And you know, we maybe we have thirteen. But anyway, um, that's where I think we are. Okay. Yeah, and I, it and it just tells me that a lot of the best players are young. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're young. Changing players. face of baseball. Yep. Yep. Um, and then. Um, you know, last week we talked about the rule changes and we talked about OPS. Are you having second thoughts here? Yeah, I, I am because I guess the more I think about it is that it weighs more heavily on power. And I think OPS weighs those categories a lot heavier. And I think we lose the balance of, the average hitter, and, and I think you brought up the case of, of Tony Gwynn, and I'm just looking at it purely from the standpoint of what it does to the league. So, you know, the, the hitters that hit like 300 maybe score 100 runs but only drive in 40 or 50, there's not as much need for those kind of players, particularly if they don't steal any bases. And I think we're skewing heavily toward um, production and power hitters. So I'm kind of regretting my, my vote, but we'll, we'll see how it turns out this year. Yeah, um, when we were talking about that last week, I what I mentioned about I think slugging percentage would be a better indicator, but I think it's a better indicator for three, four, and five, and six hitters. But you're right, it's not a it's not a good indicator for one, two, and eight hitters. Um, of course, the one and two hitters are probably the higher average guys. Um, yeah, and you're right. If they don't steal bases, and they just score runs, uh, yeah, the the value of them. Yeah, it decreases. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Just to follow up to our conversation last week, when you had asked me what's a better um, measure of an offensive player, is it um, batting average or is it OPS? And, 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 you know, framed that way, I said OPS. But I, I think the best category maybe we can talk about or the mes- best measurement is weighted on-base uh, average or WOBA. And maybe we can discuss that next week. I love Woba, I don't. <laughs> Woba. Uh, where, where did you find that stat? Um, the, the stat's been out there okay. for a number of, of, of years. I, I don't think it's heavily used. Um, OPS is is now the baseball card type stat, but um, weighted on base average, I, I think, um, is is a better attempt to, to me- measure a player's performance. And like I said. We'll, we'll talk about maybe we'll talk about the formula next week. We'll not maybe not get too heavily into it to bore people, but I, I think it might be a better representation of an offensive player's value. Yeah, I, anything that that adds walks, I'm not keen on. But okay, yeah. Anyway, um, okay. So yeah, let's see how. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And I, I it it was a pretty heavy vote, eight to two. Um, I, I don't know if we're going back. Like, this may be it. Um, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. 
And then we have uh, draft day, which is the 27th of March. Um, we Everyone's got to book the room by the 15th if they're staying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I um, Last Monday after the podcast, um, I received an email from Katie, who is running things over at the Hilton Garden Inn. And um, I sent out the link for everybody. We have, I think we have the code of Bush League. Um, we can get a rate of $89, but you need to book your room by March 15th. And I want to say at this point, the only person that I know that's not going to be staying is Rick at this point. So we'll have to talk, you and me, about um, our March 28th, the day after the draft podcast, and maybe we can get a few owners on um, live to discuss their yeah. draft from the previous day. All right, sounds good. Um, and just a note to the listeners, Jamie brought up uh, Harold Ramirez last week. He's actually on the Indians. Yeah, that was bad by me, so I won't be drafting him this year. And, yeah, I just want to make sure that, that – uh, the, when we talked about going to Pittsburgh, that, you know, it was, hey, if anyone wants to go, I'm coming out. It's not a, a sanctioned trip. Correct. Right. Correct. I, the, the idea behind that is, is I don't want to step on any toes because yeah. we have uh, the 2019 winner, um, Bill, and the 2020 winner, Tom, um, that still haven't gotten a ch- chance to, um, to pick the uh, location of the Bush League trip. So that okay. was just an, an idea by, by me and is not meant to um, – to offend anyone. Okay. All right. Um, and then we, we're going to play a little shoots and ladders again today, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so la- la- last week um, you, you had designed the game uh, called shoots and ladders, essentially players going up and players going down. And these are current players that would be um, in the draft this year. And, you know, I have five, what I consider fairly big names, but I, I needed to see where you stood on these particular players. All right. All right. Go ahead. All right. The first one is um, he's a top 12 player that is not going to be retained, and it's Jacob DeGrom. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say this is last year on the ladder. Okay. All right. Wow. I mean, he he almost won his – he almost won it – or did he win a Cy Young Award last year? He came in second last year? Did he? I don't even know. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here. I guess I should, should know. All right, um, all right. So that's, that's the ladder. Um, the next player is uh, we just talked about is Nolan Arenado. Okay, so uh, I'm going to say shoot only because it's relative. Like I don't think okay. he'll have the numbers because of he's, he's in a different. I think he still have the same batting average. Um, not that any, anybody cares. Uh, but I, I think his other his other numbers are going to drop. So shoot. All right. Yep. So shoot on that one. And just going back, yeah, Degrom almost won his his third uh, Cy Young Award um, oh. doing the three peat, but uh, still pretty good numbers there. Uh, third player on shoots and ladders, Chris Bryant. Hmm. These are good ones. I'm gonna say ladder. Yeah. I think he's still play. I think he's going to have a good year. Even despite last year? You think last yep. year was an anomaly? Yeah, I think that whole organization was an anomaly last year. There's, <laughs> there's no way in hell they should have okay. lost to the Marlins in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, good point. Yeah. Uh, player four or five, here we go, is Tommy Pham. Shoot. Shoot. Okay. I, yeah, I think, I, th- I think they're going to trade him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
And the last player on the list, um, near and dear to my heart, Carlos Martinez. I love Carlos Martinez. I'm going to say ladder. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, based upon last year, I'm I'm still waiting for him to have this really spectacular year. Yep. Yeah. And I I remember I watched him pitch against the Phillies. I was at the game, and I I think I remember texting you saying, this guy is just throwing the baseball now. (laughs) He's so crazy, I think. When his stuff isn't moving – it's pretty easy to hit. His whole thing is that movement on his fastball, and he's and he's got a good breaking pitch. But yeah, I I I love Carlos Martinez. So yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna say ladder. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think that's a great analysis because I've seen a lot of his starts where you had mentioned uh, Hector Neris. Yeah. Where you can tell a, a few batters in. Yep. Um, you can tell that with Carlos Martinez. I saw a game in, uh, gosh, was it 2017 or 2018 that he pitched up at Yankee Stadium? Terry and I went up there to, to watch. In, and I'll double-check this. In two innings, okay, in two innings, he had six strikeouts and six walks in two innings. <laughs> That's and Carlos. And threw like 70 pitches. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, w- w- That's what it's like watching Vince Velasquez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ball never goes in play. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, is that the last one? That was they, they were that good was ones. The last, that yeah. Was, yeah, that was the last the last one of the five. Uh, the next game that we have um, that you had asked me last year uh, last week was a game called Mary, Date or Don't Return the Call. Right. And the players you had looked at were were players um, more historical. Yes. Yeah. And I, I was looking at players, I guess, anywhere from um, the nineties. 80s and 90s, all the way up to, to current. Okay. And th- this is just uh, a mixed bag. So here we go. You ready? Got five of them. Good. First one, Dan Heron. Date. Date. Okay. Yeah. He, I think he actually got a uh, uh, MVP. Uh, not MVP. He got a Hall of Fame vote. <laughs> Did he? Okay. I think so. <laughs> yeah. How about Barry Zito? Don't return a call. No. Wow, really? He put him on block. Even in his days with Oakland. Well, he, I don't care what he did in Oakland. I had him in San Francisco when he was with the Giants. He was god-awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So you got burned on a date. Oh, got yeah. It. Okay. Yep. I don't return that call. <laughs> Sammy Sosa. Oh, Mary. Steroid Sammy yeah. Sosa, Mary. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Player number four, Willie McGee. Uh, I, I, I would probably say date cause I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know wow, if I've ever, a lot of hesitation there. well, I, I was trying to think if I ever had him. I don't think I ever did. So I probably got outbid and didn't think he was. Yeah. And, and, and you would think I would because it's all about average there, <laughs> um, but I, he uh, was a, he was a great rotisserie league player. I, I got to tell you, in, in, in real baseball, he's probably one, top 10, maybe top five favorite players of all time. In, in fact, in St. Louis, believe it or not, he, he, he is almost one of the favorite players in, in history. And Carlos has had a storied past, but everybody loves Willie McGee. Yeah, he, he kind of had a quick end to his career, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. It fell off. It fell off yeah. kind of quickly, but he, he also had a quick, very quick start. Oh, yeah. That, that career. Yeah. And, and nationally recognized start. You start doing that stuff yep. in the playoffs when no one, you know, that's all before MLB channel and internet and all that other stuff. No one even knew who he was unless you followed baseball. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now a uh, now a coach with the Cardinals. All right, and player last, Steve Bedrosian. A date. I would date Bedrosian. Okay. I w- wasn't married to him because he was a little inconsistent at times. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where, where would he fall? Where would the Phillies use him in today's uh, bullpen? Uh, he would be the closer. <laughs> yeah. He, okay. He's better than what <laughs> they got. Yeah. I mean, he was a little inconsistent at times, but I mean, he he, he had a pretty good career. Right? Yeah, I thought so. he, yeah. Did, did, then he he started that career in Atlanta, right? He did. Uh, the Phillies traded for him, and uh, I think they might have traded Ozzie Virgil. I'm looking it up now. Uh, I thought it was a good trade for him. He won the Cy Young in '87. Um, he had 40 saves. Uh, you know, he he didn't strike out double digits per nine, but he I mean he had enough enough to be effective. Um, yeah, and I, Philly. I think it, Philly's had a the Cy Young and the MVP that year. I think Schmidt won his last MVP that year. So, yeah, um, yeah, he was traded for uh, Pete Smith and Ozzie Virgil in 1985. Okay. Yep, and then the Phillies got some value out of him as well because they traded him to the Giants for uh, Dennis Cook, Charlie Hayes, and Terry Mulholland. All I don't know about Cook, but. Hayes and Mulholland were on their 93 National League champion team. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they got some value out of that guy. Nice. Yeah, well, there's some out. names for the past. Yeah. Um, did you like Bedrosian? I did. I don't think I ever had him on my team. Yeah. And, and not being a, a Phillies fan, I didn't follow him as, as, as closely, but I, I thought he was a solid reliever. Yeah, he was a guy that like, if you ended up with him, you're like, yeah, all right, I'll take Bedrosian. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I think they're good games. They're fun. It makes you think about the past and then and then the present. I, that's why I like them. I, I, I like the fact that there was some hesitation in there, which means they're probably good yeah. nominations. They were great nominations, yeah. Except I, for I, Zito. I can't wait to when, we, the... have, when we have our guests on to hear them, uh, once again, stutter and stammer like me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, except for Zito. Zito was no hesitation. I yeah, blocked, there was I, no hesitation I blocked there. that number. Well, obviously, right. you got burned by him. So. Yeah, it was bad. All right, uh, so, hey, we're in the semis now for Best TV Detective Tournament. Uh, Just a reminder, we got Rockford against Benson, Colombo versus Magnum P.I. So let's, uh, number one seed, Rockford against the number four seed, Olivia Benson. Who are you going with? Yeah, I think here, um, again, contrasting styles, don't have to go with Jim Rockford. All right, Rockford, yep. Okay, and remember we had an upset in the the quarters. Colombo beat Gibbs. So we got Colombo, the number seven seed, against number three seed, Magnum P.I., Thomas Magnum. So you, you have, once again, you have two contrasting styles in terms of, of dress. You got the, the, the trench coat and the uh, smoking, uh, uh, smoking Frank Colombo, and then you have uh, Magnum P.I., who wore the Aloha shirts. But I, I think I'm going to have to go to the throwback and continue the upset with wow. Frank Colombo. Wow. Okay. And when I was doing research, so uh, his name is assumed to be Frank Colombo. It was never actually stated in the show. And I don't know if that's true. That's just what I read. So if it's tr- if I read it on the Internet, it must be true. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I believe it. Okay, so we will get to the finals, Rockford against Colombo uh, at the end. Uh, so I named uh, – we have a new section. It's called Twib Notes. <laughs> 
I just saw that. This Week in Beer. This Week in Beer notes. <laughs> Brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. That's our only sponsor. Uh, today, Today's beer is uh, it's called 2020 Hazy Double IPA by Spellbound Brewing out of Mount Holly, New Jersey. Have you ever had this? I, that's, I, I have had that style of beer, but I've never had any beer from Spellbound Brewing. So it, it is hazy. It looks like a uh, diluted orange juice. Like I'm trying to give you the picture of what the color looks yep. like, right? Uh, yep. It's it's good. It's smooth. Uh, I'm, I'm not good at articulating taste, just like articulating sound and tone depth. I, I don't. Yeah, I just know what I like and what I don't like. Um, yeah, this is this is pretty good. It's this is easy to drink. It's smooth. Um, it's probably a little high on the. On the percentage, I, I can't. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's good. It's it's definitely worth. Like I would buy a six pack of this easily. Yeah. Okay. So 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 a couple things here. Let 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 me clean up a little bit of your mess there. <laughs> um, a double IPA is always going to be a little bit higher in alcohol okay. alcohol content. Right. And 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 I and I think um, it, hazy IPAs are, are are very drinkable or sessionable for people because they. They add lactose in it, which makes it a little bit sweeter. It's, ah. it's hard to detect yeah. in terms of people to drink. But the reason why people don't like IPAs is, is because of all the hops. And, and this counter, this type of beer kind of counteracts the, um, the the hop content, and it gives it that 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 hazy, what they call hazy, um, um, look to it. Um, you may also hear these referred to as milkshake IPAs or New England. IPAs. So okay. if you see that on right. can, yep. it, it's a very similar, similar type of uh, type of beer. But but I love um, hazy or New England IPAs. I, I think if they're done well, they're they're very good. So do you know where I picked this up at? Um, let me get being pretentious. It, it was going to be Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and yeah. I, you know, I I've been hitting home runs here. I just arbitrarily pick them at based on what the can looks like. Literally. Because I, I don't know I, like you, so, yeah. Well, no, that, that's okay. But, but that's the way you learn is just by trying different beers, right, or, or reading about it. Um, you know, Rick is probably the only one that studies the beers um, and, you know, a scientific background before he tries the beers. You know, me, it's, yeah, it's grip right. it and rip it. Um, <laughs> Although I, I am starting to, like, build a framework of what I like and don't like. So definitely yeah. like the hazy ones. I, I, I'm, I'm into that. Um I like the IPAs, and I I stay away from the fruity. I, I I'm not into the like the fruity side, that okay. that I'll I'll shy away from. But yeah, now Can I'm starting to build something? a lane uh, of what I like. All right, I, 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 I'm I'm getting a little tear in my eye. I'm I'm very proud of you <laughs> for for branching out. I mean, you're the kind of guy that three years ago when I had a championship party at my house asked me if I didn't have any beers without saffron in it, you know, and that meant essentially that was code for, do you have a yingling? Um, so the fact that you're branching out, people don't understand this. This is a big deal for you. It is and, a big deal. Uh, uh, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned this in the past that it was a big deal when I went from cans to bottles, like that's branching <laughs> out. To me. Yeah. Um, and then you had a note in here with the dogfish head canned cocktails. I looked that up. Have you had these? I have not had – I've never had a canned cocktail. I, I think there's a time and a place. I mean, I would prefer, obviously, a fresh-made cocktail, and, and who doesn't like one? But I, I'm, I'm guessing, number one, that if, if, if you're going someplace 
you're traveling, um, these are probably perfect to uh, to open up and have. And, and and the fact that it's by Dogfish Head, I I think that they do everything yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah they do everything well. And I think it's for people like me, Jay, who think like I wouldn't mind having a cocktail on the deck, but I don't know anything. Like I don't, I have to Google it, and I don't know how to make it. I, I don't have all the ingredients. And I think it's probably built for people like me. Well, if you're like me and Tom, you're heavy on the alcohol and light on the soda in a cocktail. So right, but you know, because I looked up, so they have a, a a strawberry and honey berry vodka lemonade that doesn't appeal to me. Uh, the blueberry shrub vodka soda, which is it looks good, and then the whiskey sour. So I've had whiskey sours before. I like them. I just don't have the ingredients to make them and then it probably comes with everything in the can obviously um yeah okay so here's my thought is once you become an expert beer lover lover then we'll move you into the spirits and uh, and i think in terms of spirits um both tom and josh are are pretty good uh pretty big spirit lovers so we'll we'll slowly transition you away from your vodkas and into your bourbons in fact, uh, my brother-in-law is down at Rehoboth this weekend. I'm going to text him after the show and see if he can stop by the Dogfish Head down there and pick pick up a couple of these things. Okay. All yeah. right. I, I'd be interested to hear what you think. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, this week's uh, Twib Notes, this week in Beer Notes, uh, 2020 Hazy Double IPA from Spellbound Brewing out of Mount Holly, New Jersey. Very good. Yeah, definitely buy a six-pack of this again. It's good. All right. Yeah. I got to try it. Uh, today in baseball history, 1973, Larry Heisel with the Twins hits two homers and seven ribs uh, as the first DH in a spring training game in Major League history. Remember, Larry? I do. Yeah. In, in fact, um, just a little side note here, I actually had a really good friend in college. His name was Larry Heisel, but we called him Bud. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm, su- I'm sure at this time people, because, you know, um, the DH at that time was, was, was very polarizing, and I have to believe that Larry Heisel coming out of the gate in, in a spring training game and doing this, people thought this is probably going to be the end of baseball, and others probably thought this is, this is what, exactly what we want. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, of course, Ron Bloomberg was the first DH, you know, in a, in a uh, regular season game. Um, yeah. So – uh, yeah, uh, Larry was a Philly. He was second round pick in '65. And uh, okay, that's we, right. He did start yeah. with the Phillies. And we later traded him. I was just looking who we traded him for. We traded him for Tom Hutton. That was a bad move. I mean, Hutton. I, I, yeah, I remember Larry High School mostly in um, his Twins career. Right. Uh, he actually played with the Cardinals too for like a day. Ooh. And then he okay. then he got traded. It was '72, and he has no stats for '72. So I wonder if he was injured. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, and then uh, the other one, 1986, Andre the Hawk Dawson signs a 650,000 one-year contract with the Cubs. Uh, 1986, he had an 896 OPS, 49 homers, 137 ribs, 90 runs scored, and he wins the MVP for the last place Cubs. <laughs> well, we, we've talked about um, Andre Dawson before uh, in a couple of other podcasts, but if you remember, this was the collusion year by yeah. the owners, and yep. he signs, um, as this date signifies, he signed very late, and he was an all-star prior to this. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, 
the, the, the fact that the Cubs got him in, in look, one year, $650,000 for 137 RBIs, gosh, I take that um, all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, what stuck out to me is, you know, now we're on this OPS thing. Um, so he had an OPS at 896. It's pretty high. I mean, anything pushing 900, that's high. He, yeah. only, he only walked 32 times. So that number, you know, that on-base percentage, and that's that's my point about these these hitters who are paid to drive in runs. Andre Dawson did exactly what he was paid to do. He might have hit 287, was a little on the low side. He only walked 32 times, but he drove in 137 ribs to lead the league. So yeah, that's my point with this OPS, where you know walks helps because it includes on base percentage. And Joey Votto has 100 plus walks, and and I'm sure in '87 the Hawk swung at pitches that I'm sure they pitched around him because he was the only guy in the lineup. And only walked 32 times in 662 plate appearances. That guy did his job. We're going to pay you 650000 to come here and knock in runs. I don't care if you get on base. Knock in the runs. And that's what he did. And that's that's uh, that's my little soapbox about the walks contributing to OPS. With, okay. So, so with l- some l- let, players. Me just, let me just counter, kind of counter that point because walks obviously does count um, and will help your on-base percentage. But because of slugging percentage and the way that home runs are weighed in slugging percentage, it's going to have a greater impact with, with, with home runs than, than walks. So I, I think, obviously, he's, um, he's rewarded with the 49 home runs with a higher OPS because of the home runs, more so than the 32 walks. So it, 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 it's, it's mitigated um, a bit in the OPS calculation. Well, no, I get that, but... My point is that I'm looking at Votto now. So he's led the league in walks five times. Uh, two of those times he led the league in walks. He had a, uh, actually three of them. He had a, over a one OPS. Um, but his RBI production is 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 crazy low. And that's my point. For that guy right there, his job is to knock in runs. That's his job. And he – He's getting valued high in baseball because he gets on base. And I look at it like I, I got seven other guys that get on base. I need you to knock in runs when they are on base. And that's that's why I look at it. It's like, I look at like he, he probably should swing at balls that are maybe a little off the plate if there's a guy on second base. who They're pitching around you because it's an open spot, right? And, and you know, Abreu and Roland used to do stuff like this. Like Abreu, who I think is a really good – Bobby Abreu is a really good player – but his stats, he would have 30 stolen bases, but he'd steal with Roland at the plate. He'd steal second. Now they're pitching around Roland. Like, what the hell are you yeah. doing? <laughs> like, yeah, it's cool. I, I, you have 30 stolen bases, but we're not winning any games because you guys need to knock stuff in, not get on base. So, yeah, I, I know that's – I'm I'm way off tangent on that, but that's what – That's okay. It's Let me ask you something. Me. So, so in, um, in, in the Bush League auction – what do you think he's fairly valued at, Joey Votto? I don't know. I'm not good at that. Um, like at his prime, like he yeah, he's still no, no 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 this this coming year would you pay a buck for him? Oh yeah, a uh, buck. Okay. Uh, uh, buck. He hit two twenty six last year. I had him last year. Uh, this last four years, <laughs> two six fifteen 
our 15 homers, 47 ribs. He, he hasn't had 100 ribs since 2017. Um, yeah, he's probably not worth a dollar. Okay. All do, right. Do you think he's worth a dollar? I probably, depending upon where in the draft, yeah, I probably yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't reach for him at a dollar. Yeah. He's probably in the 60 to 75 cent range. Okay. Fair know. enough. I don't know. Um, but the Hawk used to, yeah, the Hawk was a great Bush League player. That guy was productive. Did you like Andre Dawson? Oh, I love yeah. Andre Dawson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Married? Married. Yeah, married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Married. <laughs> no hesitation. No, no hesitation no. there. All right, uh, before we wrap up, so we got the finals, TV Detective Finals, uh, Rockford and Colombo. Yeah, so this, this this has been a really tough one. And uh, when, when I when I give you the answer here, it, it's by the slightest of, of margins, and I know this is going to upset some people. Um, but I'm going to take Colombo just slightly over Jim Rockford. Are you are, really the numbers? All right. What 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 makes you do? What makes you say that? Um, the, listen, they they both had great styles, right? They 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 both had um, some comedic genius in in their detective skills. Um, both shows very watchable. Um, I, I I I don't know other than I I I just liked I just like Columbo's style and you know how he always came back and said eh, oh and another thing. Um, yeah. Rockford was just as good. You know, on another day, I might have picked Rockford. It, it was that close. That's funny. Okay. Uh, so, Colombo wins the best TV detective. Uh, so, are you coming up are You coming up with, with ones every week? Are you going to let me know which next week's are? When I say next, uh, just the category? Or uh, yeah, not, you, not the uh, yeah, contestants? You, you want to know the category? There's, so I do. We got two. Next I'm, two weeks. You ready? Okay. Uh, next yeah. week is worst pop culture phrases. Ooh, okay. All right. Um, and then the week after that is favorite sitcom intro music. Okay. So it's not good. the actual this, this sitcom. It's just the music itself. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like it. All right. Uh, congratulations to Frank Colombo. <laughs> if that's his name, if yeah. that's who you are. Yeah, Colombo. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just stick with Columbo. All right, what are you walking off with? All right, a couple things. Uh, number one, um, I am still looking to enter. I haven't done so yet, but I'm looking to en uh, enter the National Fantasy Baseball Contest, otherwise known as NFBC. I'm entering the, I think it's the 50 contest, um, meaning you have to draft 50 players and hold them for the whole year. Um, it also costs $50. Um, I'm looking for anybody that wants to um, be a minority owner, and I'm looking to draft next week. Um, final contributions amount, just pledged amounts, if you will, are due by the 14th next next Sunday. Okay. That's number one. Right. And then number two, I'm going to take this chance to, to do a little bit of a tirade like, like you do, although I'm not going to go off quite as much as you do um, um, on your tirades. But snow forecast. Um, this year, I, I think the weather people did a great job in terms of not only predicting when there was going to be snow, but snow amounts. But but I want to know, why do people get so upset when they forecast 14 inches of snow and we only get 6 inches of snow? I mean, do people <laughs> complain when we get 
when they forecast an inch of rain and we only get a half inch of rain? I, I just I don't get the mentality. And to me, it probably stems back to the time when you were a kid and you were hoping for a snow day. Right. That if you got a certain amount of snow, you wouldn't go to school. But these days, everybody's working all the time. So I guess I, I don't get the why people get so upset with uh, meteorologists and weather forecasters. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, people do not complain. Like, yeah, they said we we're supposed to get an inch of rain. We only got three quarters. Yeah, no yeah. one complains about that. I guess people only complain about what they can see and not um, not what they can't see. Well, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, maybe there's there is some psychology behind it that as a kid – you know, hey, it was supposed to be 14 inches. We only got three. Now I'm in school. What's going on? Right? <laughs> was there anything better than a snow day when you no, were in school? Nothing. Yeah. I man, even liked them when I was, was the best. I even liked them when I was teaching. I thought, man, this is kind of cool. <laughs> That's snow day. Right? Yeah, it was well, kind of cool. Well, you, you, you got out before the days of, of COVID and uh-huh. online learning. So you yeah. wouldn't have had those days off anymore. No more snow days now, people. That's no. right. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. What are you walking off with? Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I, I'm walking off with farm players lying about the rage and people who get upset about it. I, I, okay. It, it, who cares? I mean, what are we talking about? A year? Maybe two? And and there has been rumors for years that these farm players lie about the rage. Uh, you know, there's always that like a half tongue in cheek uh, rumor about Julio Franco. Um, Raphael Fercal, David Green, Wandy Rodriguez actually admitted it. Um, but, it, you know, when we, when we hear stories of uh, my grandfather lied about his age to get in World War II, it, you know, they're looked as heroes. Uh, you know, if someone said, you know, yeah, my son lied about his age so he can start working a year older because he wants to buy, save to buy a car, you would look at it like, well, that's kind of cool, right? Good for him, you know. And these guys, are, if they're lying about their age, they're, they're trying to get a job. That's really what they're doing. They're just trying to get a job. And, and to be honest with you, the kid says he's 17 and he's really 19. What's the difference? If he can play, sign him. Like, what do you care? Not you, but you know what I mean. Like, what does baseball yeah. care? Uh, it, it, there were rumors about Miguel Tejada. But Oakland didn't care when he was competing for MVPs. <laughs> like, no one cared about that. They only care that, you know, when they sign a seven-year deal and he's like, hey, man, he, he could be 29 and 27. And you're like, in the end, you're like, who cares? I mean, it, yeah. th- this guy, even if Pulos did lie about his age to the Angels, you think the Cardinals care? Uh, not at all. They got the <laughs> 10 not, best years. Yeah. When they, you know, when they give him a birthday card, happy 27th, he's like, yeah, I'm really 28. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who cares, man? They're just they're lying to get a job in the United States. I'm like, who cares? You know, I, I don't I don't know. I, I get I get upset. Like I think it's funny when we talk about the rumors, but with this guy Samson saying it in public on in a national to a national uh, media outlet, it's like, shut up, dude. Like, uh, I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, with that. absolutely. Up. Yeah. All right. Um. So we. We got next week. You're going to try to get some owners on. Yeah, let me let me appeal to the owners. Um, come on and let us know what your retention picks are. You can always change them, but I'd like to get a little bit of the reasons why. Because um, after the retention um, on the 21st podcast, we're not going to be able to get everybody on. So it's going to be a first come, first serve. Uh, let us know. We'll book you some time and uh, 
give us some reasoning. As, as you heard tonight or today, um, we don't have all the answers and why we're retaining players. It's just a feel sometimes. So We have no uh, reasoning. Come on on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny is I think I talked myself into Naris. I think I'm going to retain him. <laughs> <laughs> I may have talked myself out of uh, out of uh, Alex Reyes now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we, we could swap him. Maybe we can swap them. Uh, we, we might have a deal in the office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, champ. Uh, I will see you next week, right? And hopefully right, we, we got some of these owners. All right, you take care. All right, see you. And congratulations, Colombo.